All right. Um, we are gratefully on the 14th principle. Like I told you, I have 20 principles. There are more, but I, I shrunk about six into one or so. I shrunk another five into one just to make it um, portable. Welcome, Kelly. So we're looking at compatibility today. Compatibility. Compatibility today. So we're going to look at several indices of compatibility, but as usual, permit me to just run through the other 13, the previous 13 principles. The first principle is intimacy with God. The second one is knowledge. The third is purpose. The fourth is work on yourself. The fifth is maturity. The sixth is make a list. The seventh is divine direction. The eighth is spiritual homogeneity. The ninth is uh, parental and pastoral cancer. We looked at that uh, I think two days ago. The eleventh is my critical factors. I gave you like a couple of factors men should look at whenever they want to choose, and women should look at whenever they want to choose. And yesterday, my wife. And I, that, that is true. How many of you enjoyed my wife yesterday? Give me a comment. Those that you know had fun yesterday, enjoyed yesterday's session. I want to hear from you. Yesterday, my wife joined us for the first time. It was mind blowing. I'm so grateful to her for those points she brought. Like I told you, you know, there's a limit to what revelation and experience and all that. You know, what I teach is number one, basically revelation from God. Secondly, you know, insight and um, because I cancel a lot of people in relationship, a lot of married folks, a lot. So I am from. From that experience, I am able to know one or two things about relationships, and I'm grateful to God for giving me the opportunity to be of help to heal marriages. And God really, really has helped us in that. You know, trying to remember that any marriage directly under my supervision that collapsed right now, at the moment, I can't really come up with one, but there might be, but I can't come up with one, but it's all the grace of God. Once both parties are willing to listen, because there is a limit to, to what you can do. Even God, his hands are tied because of man's stubbornness, because of the will of man, because of the will of man. Oh, thanks, Faith. Her points were insightful. And uh, so what we have to start that she said, um, if she was going to do this again, some critical things that worthy, that is noteworthy. And she talked about, you know, go for a man that is a visionary. That is very, very important. Very, very important. You know, I missed that out. You know. That's why you need to help me to, you know, help you out. Very, very important. A man of vision. Because the man is the one that is supposed to guide, lead that family unit. So a man of vision. A man that has a clear vision where he's going to. A man that hears from God is very, very important. You know, we talked about that too. A man, man of faith, a man, man that is not easily ruffled. And in Proverbs, sorry, talks about the many waters of marriage, the many waters of marriage. Meaning, in every relationship, they're going to go through stuff. They're going to go through a lot of stuff. Believe me, Satan hates, hates the union between a man and his wife, so he comes attacking. So they're going to go through stuff, yes. 
You know, a man that is also spiritually, he mightn't be, you know, deeply spiritual or, you know, a papa de boye or something like that. No, but at least he understands his authority as a believer. Because times will come in that union where you need that rod to check out Satan. So he understands his authority of a believer. He knows who he is in Christ. Because he's also supposed to be you know, a spiritual man, so he can carry his wife along. Because one of the things you're supposed to do as the leader of that home is to be the spiritual cover over his wife and his kids. So he needs to have that spiritual maturity to be able to do that. So I actually ask tell ladies to look out for a man that he's matured spiritually so he can stand whenever Satan shows up, so he can lead, all right, you know, very very critical yes Tochi a man who understands his role in the marriage yeah you know his role in the marriage to lead to provide spiritual guidance to provide leadership generally and that thing he's supposed to do is to cover his wife protect his wife in everything more so financially one of the need of a woman is financial you know is one of the need of a woman is to know that when it comes to finances that the family is covered the family is covered you know and it's becoming a big challenge in our day now you know a lot of men are having pretty much serious challenges when it comes to to finances um, the current economy in the country is not so helping matters so it's making um, circumstances really dire for families and families at most times don't even know when the next meal is coming and all of that so them that man should have built up god's word on his inside to withstand famine and scarcity you know, the Bible says when there's a casting down, there's a group of people that say that there's a lifting up. So one of the needs of a woman, I tell you guys when I have men conferences that when they should not think that when a woman um, talks about, thinks about money and all that, he wants to know what's going on, how he and his her kids are going to be taken care of financially, that also means she's all about money. Yes, I, I know there are some ladies that are overly, you know, obsessive when it comes to money, when it comes to money. But one of the needs of a woman is to know that she'll be taken care of. And every man should respect that. They should respect that. They should respect that. And women too don't also go overboard and put so much pressure on the man. And I actually give out give uh, this as a way out from men that complain that women give them so much financial pressure. And I tell them that women give you so much your wife rather, not women, because no other woman should give you financial pressure. Amen. Your wife will give you financial pressure if if she doesn't know the state of the family finances. And that is the truth. When a woman is not in the know of your finances and the state of your finances, she will give you trouble because she's going to assume that there's some money somewhere you're hiding. So to avoid that, I usually tell the guys to be open when it comes to finances. To be very, very open when it comes to finances. You know, I was talking with one of my brothers the other day, and he told me that he's open when it comes to finances with his wife. And I was so in, impressed with him because a lot of Nigerian men are not like that. He said he, when he has some money that, you know, he gives to his wife to, to keep, I was like, wow. A lot of men don't do that. They hide, they cover, and they do a lot of things. So that's one of the things men, we need to start learning and let go of the, those our traditionalistic African mentality. When you carry your wife along in your finances, then financial pressure disappears. 
Now, you know, I, whenever I teach, I like to be balanced. Stay in the middle of the road is the best place to stay. Now, why? I'm talking to the ladies now. Why a lot of your men are not also financial? Uh, uh, they're not also financially, you know, open to you. It's because she, he might have tried it once or twice in the past. The way you handled it now made him to be a, a lot more secretive. The way you handled it. So the, the guy might have been giving you some money or might be handling one or two things and you now start making demands or what really happens is that the woman now hides her own money and let's be spending... Ah, so this man has money. Ah, let's be spending the man's money. You now keep your own money aside. That is not good. Because marriage, like I, if, if you've been following me for the past couple of days, marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is a 100-100. What does that mean? The man gives his all emotionally, physically, financially, everything into the in, into the relationship. The woman ought to give her all, 100%, into the relationship. Like, like I said, a marriage where the two parties are constantly seeking to outgive each other, that is a relationship that is so beautiful. It's literally heaven on earth when you have a man and a woman that has that as their modus operandi. The wife constantly seeking to give the husband. The husband constantly seeking to give the wife. That is a marriage between two givers. You know, one of the marriage, a marriage that is so frustrating is a marriage when one person gives and the other one is taken. Please never get into that kind of relationship because it will get to a point that one that gives will be so exasperated. And he wants to give up on the on, on the on the on the union. I think the worst is when one is giving and one is taking. But the, the, the third the third kind is when both of them are takers. But the thing about two takers is that they are doing themselves, you know. So it's not really bad. So the worst is when one gives and one takes. Don't let your relationship deteriorate to that extent when one is giving and one is taking. Why? That union will not last. It will not stand the test of time at all. So, constantly seek to give. Yes, Jamil, good point. Naked and not ashamed. You guys should be open, open in everything. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Very important. Full disclosure. Yeah, I thought she said, um, she pointed out about a man who takes God's word as his... Yeah, good point, Tochi. Wow. Good point. Good point. Good point. A man who takes God's word as his final authority. She talked about that yesterday. You know, you are safe with a man that is ruled by God's word. A man ruled by God's word is a man ruled by God. In the popular scripture we quote, uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 14, I believe. The Bible says that in, 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 in chapter 14, the Bible says that um, as many that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. As many that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. You know, that word led there means control. So we can replace the word um, led with control. As many that are controlled by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Yes, that's what that place means. As many that are controlled by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So, until you learn and submit to being led by the word of the Lord, you are running a big risk with your Christianity. 
you know, which are Christianity, because before he made that statement, that's Paul writing to the Roman church, Roman church. Before he made that statement, when you start reading from verse 3 down, he started talking about Christians that are carnal Christians. A carnal Christian is a Christian that is ruled by his flesh, but he's ruled by his five senses, that he's ruled by his, his whims and desires. So when you are ruled by your whims and your desires and your, and your five senses, you are not ruled by God. When you are ruled by your five senses, you are a carnal Christian. And the Bible made it clear in the chapter that a carnal Christian is enmity to God. So, and I, and I put it this way, you cannot be God's enemy and expect God to welcome you into his abode. He won't do that. He won't do that at all. So, men, listen to me, learn to be ruled by God. People come to talk to me, and, you know, thank God we're talking about this, and the Holy Spirit just reminded me something. You no, know, we talked about divine direction. Truth is that divine direction starts with obedience of God's word. You know, you're going to struggle to hear from God until you start obeying the written word. I'll say that again. They're going to struggle to hear from the Holy Ghost. They're going to struggle to be divinely directed by the Holy Ghost until you make it a habit, a lifestyle, to obey the word of the Lord. Once you start obeying God's word, you've embarked on the quest of being led by the Spirit, of being spiritual. A spiritual man is a man that obeys the word of the Lord. Simple. You know, we think spirituality is one, you know, utopic, extraterrestrial, ethereal experience where you, when God wants to talk to you, the wind will blow. You start hearing imaginary harp playing, heaven's music, then God will now speak to you. No. I'm sorry to disappoint you. It doesn't work that way. The primary way God speaks to us is from His Word. Anyway, let's not, even, let's not go too deep into this. We are here to discuss flow, 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 flow. We are here to talk about relationships. So that's a brief recap for, for what we learned. So we are at number we are number 10, which is my critical factor. So after that, we, we looked at character. After character 11, we looked at family as ancestry. So, which is 12, then 13, we looked at relationship with parents. So today, we are on 14, compatibility, compatibility, compatibility. Like I said, on the compatibility, we're going to discuss several indices of compatibility. The number one, we've already done that when we talked about spiritual homogeneity and I also buttressed that point yesterday, so we won't go there. The first indice of compatibility is spiritual compatibility. So the second compatibility indice I want us to look at is intellectual 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 compatibility what intellectual compatibility talks about is can the two of you flow on an intellectual level can you guys really connect on an intellectual level depending on the level where you are so if you've attained a certain level intellectually you need someone that can connect at that level. Somebody at this XY level and another person at this ABC level, when they meet, they're going to have problem communicating because they are not at the same level. What this person will be talking about will be sounding like Greek to what this person is talking about. For you to understand what I mean, try and have an intelligent conversation with a three-year-old. Get a three-year-old. I start having an okay, get a three year old, you can even try it tomorrow. And 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 go to a three year old, I'm like, wow, that's imagine what's happening you now in Germany, all the this G twenty summit. They are busy they are busy rioting and all that. Do you even know what they're writing about? 
how do you think the three year old will, res will respond? What is G20 summit? What who is hired in Germany? He doesn't know anything about that. What the three year old wants is his food, his toys, and cartoon. Why? The three year old has not yet grown intellectually to have the kind of communication with with an adult. Same way, you see two adults. One has not grown intellectually while the other has. Or because there are different facets of, of, of intelligence. What interests this person, let's say the man, is not really what interests the woman. She totally has a totally divergent interest that is not connected to what the man is interested in. So they're going to have a bit of a problem when this one, when the man was really talks about what was really talk about things that you know gets him cracking, and she does not have any information regarding that. You know, so they will have friction communicating. They will have friction communicating. I'm a banker and a financier by training. My wife is a doctor. She comes back. She comes back. She comes back from work, and she wants to talk about things that happen in the hospital. So, and on my own, I should be able to know. One or two things. I'm, I'm also gonna know everything about 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 medicine or all that. But I should be able to understand her when she's talking about one or two things about her job, how she's working, the process, the procedures, the instrumentation, and all this. I should know one or two things. I wasn't born with it. I was I wasn't trained as a doctor, but I should go seeking knowledge about it. So when she's talking about it, we can flow. Yes, of course. She, we 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 have some of those questions at times, and I need to ask her. Oh, what 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 is the meaning of that? Or what you just said now, what does it mean? And, and I should be able to retain it, not the next day again. She said the same thing, I'll ask again. Uh, that, uh, what's that in again? You want that in? Uh, no, there is going to be a problem. I should be able to retain it, even go and do one or two researches myself so we can have intellectual conversation. This is what interests her. This is her life. This is her This is her career. This is even her, her vision in life and her purpose. I should, as a husband, take genuine interest in it. She too should, should also take genuine interest. In my own thing so whenever i talk about my own thing she can flow she can flow so when two people meet and they're not intellectually compatible does that mean there is no hope for them no i just talked to you about it now go learn upgrade instead of going online and you sit on social media please go to one or two news news stations or news channel get follow them it's on twitter follow them follow channels television follow bbc follow cnn follow them and put a marker for notification so when there's a new news or breaking news they will send you a notification so you are abreast of what is happening all around you know what's happening around you you don't even know what's happening in the world some people don't even know what's happening on their streets the world is going too far for them so you should genuinely be interested in going for knowledge. It's very important. A man, a woman that has a broad, you know, a vast, broad-based knowledge, you know, is an intelligent man. You know, there's a big difference between intelligence and being brilliant. And you notice something when you go looking for a job, they don't test your brilliance. Companies that know what they do, they don't test your brilliance. You know what they test? They test your intelligence. You know, schooling in Nigeria, we, I don't know if it's, it, they still do it now, but I hope they do. But growing up in Nigeria, my primary school, 
they used to do what they call quantitative aptitude, verbal aptitude, you know, all those aptitude tests, test intelligence. And I hope they've not taken it away from, from, from our second primary school. Because in, all around the world, that those are just the exams you need to take to enter high school. Intelligence test. They call it verbal, it could be verbal, it could be non-verbal, which is quantitative. Then they will not add math and English. That's all you need to take to enter high school here in this country. You know, why? They understand that intelligence is more important than brilliance. But in Nigeria, our educational system is skewed to brilliance. That is why you see, you know, when my son was in, in primary one, you know, in Nigeria, they will come home, they are doing 13 subjects. You're like, 13 subjects for what? Primary one, six year old, five year old, 13 for what? You know, their brain has not even matured and developed to carry that kind of weight. They don't need all those things at that age. They, we are burdening, we are laden in their mind. But anyway, so intelligence is important. Now you're an adult, have hunger for knowledge, normal information, current affairs, know what is happening around you, ask questions. You know, very important. So you can have conversation with people. Not when somebody says, ah, this is happening to you. You're like, eh, what, eh, what, eh, eh, no. No, most men don't like that. Most men don't like don't like it when their ladies are not intelligent. You know, don't be dumb. Don't be dumb at all. Be enlightened. And it's very easy now with social media. Just go on social media. All the news networks on social media. Get the latest information. So you can have conversation with anybody. Very, very, very important. But beyond that, the major thing about intellectual compatibility is actually if the two of you can understand each other that is the form that's the main thing that's the, that's, that's the bottom line can the two of you understand each other when you guys converse do you guys make sense to each other is that perfect understanding when you guys talk to each other so that is very 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 important then like i said earlier i'm going to just buttress if i will go to the next point is take keen interest in what your spouse has interest in all right the third one the third in this is emotional compatibility emotional compatibility but let me just say this compatibility is not similarity it's not what compatibility is all about no i'm going to give you some questions if you have a pen please take this down that is if you are in a relationship let me also tell you something about uh, men men once in a while, I need their space. A lot of women don't understand that they think that they need to be lovey dovey all over the man 24 hours 7. Because women want that to be done to them. They now they now assume that, that the man also wants that to be done to him. No, he doesn't want that to be done to him. No man wants to hear, I love you, I love you, I love you, kitchen up, and I love you, 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 I love you. It doesn't make it doesn't make any difference to the man. It's not any special thing. You know, men are not moved by what they hear. Women are. So I love, I love you, love you, love you about the man. Uh-uh. The man wants the one needs his space. The man needs his space. You know, if you have a big house, you know, the man should have a room where it is just him, a man cave, or his den. Where you have his own things, when he needs to brainstorm, or just want time out alone. He goes there, and as the wife, you need to understand that. You also teach the kids, too, not to disturb daddy when he is in his cave, unless he wants them around. So a man needs his space once in a while. 
So that's why if the question here is, do you guys both avoid discomfort? So if you say yes, but we create loneliness once in a while, but if it is yes, if avoidance creates hostility, then the two of you are not compatible. So when the man wants to be alone and the woman doesn't understand it and you guys are not having, you know, bickering and having some banter, then you guys are not creating hostility. That means you guys are not compatible. So compatibility is when the man really meets his space, the woman understands it and gives him his space. Then she go off and she does something else. Either call up her friend at the gist or do some housework or read up one or two books or improve herself in one area in her career or something like that while the man is getting his space. Once he has satisfied that stuff, he's going to come back and he will want you to get back together again. So something that you guys need to understand. Another question, I need to hurry, I need to hurry, I need to hurry. Another question is, we both are assertive but compromise well. We both are assertive but compromise well. Remember, I'm, I'm giving you you know, question like how to handle, how do you guys handle disagreements and all that? That will let you know if you guys are emotionally compatible. So when you guys have this kind of disagreement, are you guys assertive? What does that mean? What does it mean to be assertive? Uh, each of you has your say. You know, when I teach on communication, I say this. I say that communication, rather, when I teach communication, one aspect of communication I teach about is is um, is this a quarrel and conflict. Quarrel and conflict can a couple have conflict yes conflict is actually good for your relationship if you constantly conflict with your with your spouse it's good for your relationship but when conflict becomes a problem is when emotions get the better of any of the party or both parties conflict is healthy so far as emotions don't get involved let me give you an example there's something the man is doing that a woman doesn't like. First, she needs to understand that this man is also the leader of this union. She also needs to understand she needs to give this man her respect. But this thing is bothering her. She needs to also talk about it. So she needs to look look for a good time when the man will be, you know, very, very accessible and he can hear and then he can listen to what he has to talk. Don't go when he's busy or when he's cranky. You know, get him when he's in a good mood and all that. And you need to choose your words rightly and make your case. Be assertive. Let him know nicely. This, that, that, I don't really like. This, that, that, when you do it, hurts me. This, that, 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 you know, or I would like you to be better at this. I'd like you to show more affection. I'd like you to do this, to do that. She has to be assertive. Don't say, ah, I won't talk to him. I'll just keep it to my, I'll let me just keep it. Ah, after all, we can just, no. Then, remember, marriage is a need meeting relationship. There's a need that is not being met, discuss it, get his viewpoint on it. So be assertive, don't keep it quiet. But while you are being assertive, be prepared to compromise. Be prepared to compromise. Yes, so you are saying what you want. Also listen to your partner about what he or she wants. Then when both of you have not made your point, then together, without any emotions, Nobody should feel bad. Nobody should feel, you know, that this, uh, that you should feel bad generally. Just let, remove emotions totally. Handle this on, you know, face value. Discuss it. Have a matter yeah, discussion about it. You know, then reach a compromise. Now, what really happens is that when there is conflict, people take it personal. Like I just said that a woman should speak her mind. 
when the woman is picking her mind, the woman now takes the person eh? So you're telling me what to do, eh? So you're not a woman. Yeah, are you the man? What you do? Why are you putting the... Uh-uh, no. Listen to your wife. She's your partner. She has a say in this relationship. She's not the lesser partner. There's nobody less in this part in this partnership. The two of you are equal partners. A hundred, hundred percent, you know, equity stake in the company, not 50-50. You listen to her. And you're a egoistic nature. Remove all those things. And hear her out. Hear, um, and ladies too, hear him out. Don't say, hey, you'll soon say something that will hurt me. You'll soon attack me. You'll soon abuse me. you say, no, just... And guys, don't use, uh, don't abuse, properly abuse your spouse, your wife. Please, please, don't do that. The women are emotional creatures. You don't talk to women, you know, with harsh language. Very important. Let me just give you one more. Remember, it's hard to handle uh, disagreements. We are, we are talking about emotional compatibility. So, when there's an argument, see, see the other question. One fights, or the other, the other question, one fights, the other keeps the peace. One fights, the other keeps the peace. So, whenever there's an argument or there's a quarrel, one is the one like, mm, the other one is like a peacemaker. Okay, let there be peace. Let be peace. Now, what also happens is that in some relationships, it is one person that is always keeping the peace, one while and the other person is always aggressive. That is a, that, that, that is a little imbalance. There's a little imbalance in that. It shouldn't be one way always. It shouldn't be one way always. But anyway, see, see the response. It is a compatible if yes, yes, but can result in unhappiness. Yes, once in a while, though, the one keeping the peace is just swallowing the pride and swallowing everything, taking the shit and put, you know. But like I said, it shouldn't be just one person always. Remember, I talked about compromise before. When there's compromise, once in a while, one person will take it, another person will win. One, the other time, it will be this person that's taking it, another person is win. So if it is one person always, then that's that my second question wasn't answered properly. So there should be compromise, you know. That you guys are incompatible when this happens always. That's what I'm saying. So when it's not just one person that's always making peace, the other one is the is the is the, is the ultimate warrior or hogan. Then you guys are not compatible at all. You guys are totally incompatible. Only signs of emotional incompatibility can be seen when couples find themselves verbally negotiating what, when, and how to do things instead of simply finding themselves in agreement very good point to note so whenever you guys need to go out do something carry out one project or you know whatever you guys need to do together and you guys are always arguing about what when how or always arguing then there's a big problem you guys are not really compatible emotionally that is a big red flag but let me just say it there's sexual compatibility yeah Eh? Pastor, secret compatibility. Pastor, what are you saying? Are you saying that those are not married should go and test and try? Never. I will never say that. I will never say that. But I'm a balanced preacher. I'm not a religious preacher. But, and I'm saying but, and I'm pulling my ear. Nobody should say what I, she can't take what I want to say out of context. Don't take it out of context. Listen well. See what I say under sexual compatibility. Those that are married in marriage school, in marriage master class, oh, we'll go here while I talk about it. But because this is a mixed class, I, can, I won't go talk about the other part. But see what I say to those that want to get married. And it is only when the traditional wedding has been done. At about that time, you guys need to talk about sex. I didn't say go and have sex. No, I said talk. Talk. 
talk i'm pulling my two ears i wish i had four ears i'm pulling my ears i did not say have sex that one is a no 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 i said talk talk about sex why is it important especially if the two of you have been you know you guys are are not virgins and you guys maybe as unbelievers as unbelievers you guys were really sexually active you guys need to talk talk about sex like i said don't talk about it it's when you guys have done to wedding and marriage is like a, you know or you guys are about to do to wedding yeah not that you guys are still friends or you guys are you know no no the bible says it's also solomon don't wake up love until it is so desired don't wake it up if you want i can show you that scripture don't wake it up it is i mean it's also they wrote that about more than seven times don't wake it up I'm not saying talk about crazy things. I'm not talking. About, I'm not saying do phone sex. I'm not saying my ears are paining me because I'm pulling them out. I'm not saying do phone sex. No, that's not what I'm saying. See what I'm saying? You guys have been active sexually before you go born again. Now you want to marry, and you know in the kingdom there is no sex. We don't believe in premarital sex. It is a sin. It is called fornication. But I know I'm saying this. This is causing trouble in marriages, especially for those that we are really, really sexually active before they got born again. But if you are not really sexually active, this does not go for you. And that is the best. The best one of the best experiences in marriage is when two sexually novice people get married. It is the best experience. The world says it is the worst experience. It is a lie. They say, ah, you see people in the world, they can't marry somebody that's a virgin. Ah, they can't marry someone that's not. That is the world system. That is satanic. The truth is that two sexually novice people, when they get married, that is that is the best experience. And that is the ideal. That is the biblical standard. I'm talking to those that are, we are sexually active in the past. You need to talk about it. Especially, especially some people preach the past is gone away. Don't talk about the past. All things are passed away. All things are new. I get where they're coming from. I get it. And that is true. But the truth is that it works for some. But it doesn't work for all. It doesn't work for all. You talk about it. To make sure that you guys are sexually compatible. Are compatible. I'll leave it there. I won't go further. I'm going to stop here regarding that. What is the next NDC? Like I said, a lot of... There are a lot of things we need to talk about, but no time they will all be contained in the book. The next thing you see under compatibility is social compatibility. Social compatibility. I'll just hurry that. Are you a sociable person? Is your spouse a sociable person? Are you an outgoing person? And your spouse is, is introverted. You know, so some of the things you need to talk about. Some like going out, some don't like going out. So you guys need to be compatible when it comes to that. Meaning there should be a healthy balance. Now, beyond about going out and all that, we're under social compatibility too. We talk about backgrounds. Background. My, my wife is going to do detailed job on that. Background. Where you are coming from and where your spouse is coming from. The different social class might pose a problem. You see somebody from a middle class family or from the top class, what is it called again? You know what I mean? Family getting married to somebody from a low class. That's what social classes, you know, 
where they're coming from. There are two different places. To start with, this person's friends are totally not the kind of friends this other person will have. So there's, 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 a, there's a gap already, socially. When this, where this person hangs out is not where this person hangs out. Maybe the girl is from a, you know, a, a middle-class family and the guy is from you know, a lower class. And the guy is, is hanging out. He's going to Mama Mama Basira, Yabasira. I mean, that is the best place for him to go to under bridge. Me, I, mean, I like under bridge rice in Lagos. With that pepper sauce, man. Forget it. Don't even play with me when it comes to that. You know. And this girl, the only thing she knows is, you know, the top class restaurant. Now they're getting married. And the guy will like, oh, let me take you somewhere. Hey, what are we going to eat? And they land in under bridge or Yabasira joint. <laughs> you know, social compatibility. But like my wife will say, when we talk about this, is that there are some people that are able to migrate between classes. Yeah. Due to intelligence, insight, exposure, and just sheer desire. Sheer desire not to be where they were, that they want to make something better out of their life, and they will migrate. You know, their son migrate the other way. Maybe lost their father early on in life and everything disappeared, so they were forced to stoop low and step low. So, depending if <laughs> you know, if if both of them are from two different classes as per background, but one has been able to migrate, then no problem. Or the other one are able to migrate downward, then no problem. You know, then there won't be any problem regarding that. Then even if you know, like I said, migration is can be can happen due to you know share. Share desire, knowledge, exposure, intelligence, and all that. All those gaps can be bridged. When all this compatibility thing becomes a problem is when, when there is lack of willingness to bridge these gaps. Like though we put it as a principle, they are not major principle. You don't say I won't marry because you're not compatible. No, no. Every incompatibility can be worked on. While we are talking about as a principle, it's for knowledge. Remember our key scripture, Proverbs 24, where the Bible says that through knowledge, wisdom, understanding, the house is built, the is filled with precious things, is strong, and all that. So the, what I'm talking about is to is, is to is to give you the knowledge. So once you have the knowledge, you know what to do with it. So you can you know solve any incompatibility issues and problems, you know, and all that. So because of those the, the different social classes also causes different orientation exposure. You know, the man travels, grew up in a house where they travel. The lady has not left her city. She was born in Portacot, primary school Portacot, secondary school Portacot, went to Uniport, is working in Portacot. You talk to her about River Niger. She said she doesn't have not seen River Niger before. She said, not seen Niger Bridge. He said, no, she has not even crossed it. She's not been to Lagos. You know, there's a limit to the kind of exposure that person will have. You know, I remember laughing so hard at one of my best friends in secondary school. One day we were just talking and he said something. This was happening in the East in Enugu. He said um, that he has not crossed River Niger. I took it like mm, it's a joke. Like, what do you mean, Aspire? What? He said he has not seen River, he has not seen River Niger. We're having this conversation where we we're about 16 years old, I think in our final year in, in high school. I'm like, what do you mean? That you've not crossed River Niger? He said, no, he said the only place he has gone to is Enugu and his village. I said, what? He said, yeah. I said, have you been to Lagos? He said, no. Have you been to Abuja? No. <laughs> so people live in that kind of locked, you know, atmo- um, environment. So they're not exposed. And that kind of thing, you know, also affects social 
compatibility. The other thing we need to look at is financial compatibility. Very, very important. Financial compatibility. There's a growing trend now in Africa amongst guys, where, especially in Nigeria, where able-bodied young men, able-bodied young men, are looking for women that have good jobs to marry. Not because they like the men, women, it's because of the woman's job. And that is their drive, that is not their criteria of choosing somebody to spend the rest of your life with. And it's a bit worrisome. There's nothing wrong with having a woman that does something, but when it's not your major reason for going after that girl, it becomes a problem. It becomes a problem. But a big problem. A big problem. Because if that man was raised believing that a man is supposed to fend for his home, so his primary orientation should be that I should be the one making the money. I should not depend on the woman. Yes, I know in the course of life, things might go wrong. The man's finances might be affected. We know that and it's expected a woman should shore it up. You know, but where the problem is when this is the man's goal. I must go for this particular lady because she works in the bank. She works an oil company. She has a good job. So because of that, I is what is attracting him to that girl or that young lady is her financial status. Things have changed. Growing up, the parents used to tell their daughters that are not married, not to showcase that they have a good job. If I think they can afford a car, they say, don't buy a car. So the man will not be intimidated by your wealth. Me, growing up, that is what we knew. But now, reverse is the case. The man is now attracted by your wealth. That is not love. So I always tell, I always tell the ladies, run for your life. Once you see a man, that that is all he's thinking about. Run for your life. Run for your life. How would you know? Listen to him. He'll be talking about it. You know. So one 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 of one one of my sisters told me that. Uh, they didn't know the pastor. This guy came. You know, he was just asking me, "How much do I earn?" As for you, not even chest, you not even content. If from day one they're asking how much he earns, how is that any of your business? How much do you earn? What I mean, what 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 is going on with those men? What's going on, men? Men, tell me what's going on. Let's not turn it upside down. Let's not turn it upside down. The right side up way is that men are supposed to fend for their wives, take care of their wives. Be the one out there hunting. Be the one out there making it. Not lounging and depending on the woman to feed you. Very, very, very important. So financial compatibility is key. You know, recently I my wife also discussed this and she was like, that's why she doesn't blame all these stars, Hollywood stars. Yeah, so their marriage is not last. But you will see that they will not stoop low to marry somebody that is not earning as they are earning. Why? They are thinking of financial compatibility. What actually brought up the subject is because we saw on the news that um, Rihanna, Rihanna was dating one of these Arab, Arab, you know, chicks that has plenty money. And she was like, why would she date a rich man? Meanwhile, all the money she has, she still, 
She's still looking for someone that has more money. You know, is financial compatibility. Let me say something here in passing. One of it, like okay, I've said it before today, and I'm saying it again. One of the needs of a woman is that she wants to be taken care of financially. You know, one of the African billionaires, I think she's the foremost female billionaire in Africa. She's Nigerian. Said something once. You know, she was having it in one church. She said, "Yeah, I'm a billionaire in dollars, but I still want my husband to spoil me, to buy me things, to buy me gifts, to buy me flowers." He said, "The point is not if I can afford it." The point is that it is my need. I want to be taken care of. And a billionaire has nothing to do with that need. And it is a point, strong point actually. Men need to understand it. A woman needs to be taken care of financially. She needs to know for sure that she will be fended for financially. Not just her and her children. Yeah, and her children too. You know, she needs to know that for sure. You know, now I'm coming on them on, on the guys. Yes, yes, yesterday it was if I was harsh on the ladies. Today I'm on you guys. I mean you're 18 guys. Nobody's talking, no guy is talking now. <laughs> but that's the truth. Remember, this is biblical principles. If as a guy you're like that, you are looking for a woman that is financially okay. Change your paradigm. Change your paradigm. In our days, it's women that are looking for they are looking for men that have money then we should call them gold diggers only god knows what will come guy the guys now that are doing that you are gold you are a gold you are a gold miner you have a mining company i mean you should be ashamed ashamed if that is what you're looking out for in a woman now let me also tell you something i always balance everything i personally will not marry a woman that does not do anything ask my wife i've been saying this for over 20 years i've known my wife for 20 years ask her I'll be saying it. My wife will not sit at home. Not because I want her to make money. I have my reasons why. One of the reasons is that an idle mind is the devil's workshop. I don't want the devil's workshop in my house. I'm not saying she must that my wife must work, but she must do something that takes her time. She's not working like a career, a former career. She must be actively engaged in one business or the other. Active, active. You know, very important. You know, so there's a balance to that so if as a man that is what you want fine but let it not be that you are looking for a breadwinner i believe that the man should win the bread and, and the woman can win a cara you know so when the man wins the bread and the woman wins a cara ah, ah, you have a cara sandwich cara sandwich straight up that's what i believe in the family so there should be a balance that's why one of the Compatibility indices is vocation. Vocation, vocation. That's what do you guys do. Don't do jobs that will keep you guys away from the home and leave your children to the mercy of housemates. Thank God that listen, thank God for social media that we've seen all kinds of videos on housemate issues and what housemates have done to children that was left in their care. You know, you can't watch all those videos and still be normal. I'm not against house help, but you know, I don't think God wanted kids to be raised by house help alone. It's in the Bible that there should be help for their kids. Yeah, it's in the Bible. The Bible talks about it. Where he said that an heir, though a child, differed not from a servant. Because while he's still a child, he's kept under tutors and governors. That governor is the help. Is that help we're talking about child care? 
He's in the Bible. So there's nothing wrong in that. But he should be supervised by, by the mother and the father. So vocational compatibility talks about your job. I know I have a colleague then in the bank. She works in the bank. Her husband works in the bank. She gets home 9, 8, 10 in Lagos at times 10, 11. And at the same time, the husband comes back. So for seven days in the for five days in a week, they don't see their children. And one day I did the math for her. I said, and at times bankers work work on Saturday and even Sunday. Yeah. But let's assume they don't work on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. They don't see their kids for five days in a week. That means in a year, because there are 365 days in a year, that means in a year, they only see their children for 200, for 200 and about 60 days. 260 days, they don't see their kids. Do you know what that is? More than 70, about more than 65%. More. Almost a quarter, about 70%. In a year, so you are absent from your children's life 70% of the time. That's not how God wants the kids to be raised. So you check your jobs, let that be a balance. One of you should get a job at least. You come home at, by the time the kids come home. There's nothing like a kid coming back home at least to one parent. Very important. Get something doing, at least one of you, that it closes when it is time to pick the kids from school. Don't leave your kids in school till five with after school club or six. It's not good. It doesn't help for healthy growth of that kid emotionally. It doesn't help for that. So I'm going to end because my time is up. The next one is biological. What do I mean by biological? You have to be compatible biologically. Now, what we talk about is talk about the AS, AA, genotype, resus factor thing. Very important. I won't go deep into it. I want to believe that we all know that. Because before you get married, you have to do all those tests. Don't assume. You need to know your genotype. Even before, not even because of marriage, you know it. You know your blood group. You should know your resus factor. Know all those things. Know your STD, you know, status, your HIV status. You don't joke with that. Do it. You know. So I won't, I won't dwell on that. You already have that information. The next one is recreational. Very, very, very important. I'm out of time. I don't know how much time. I need to talk about that, but anyway, I'll just talk about it briefly. Like I said, the book is coming out, so it's something to look forward to. Recreational compatibility. What do you mean by that? Um, what you like doing for fun? Your hobbies? What you do to rest? Some guys now love playing video games. So, wife, if your husband likes playing video games, don't harass him. Don't call him a baby. Say you're like a small boy playing video games. You know, big men play video games now. They do it to relax, they do it to rest. Where video game becomes a big problem is this when it now takes everything. The only time you need to spend with your family, you're spending playing video game. Then it becomes a problem. You need to wean yourself from that. You need to control it. You know, if it is just for relaxation, fine. So I also tell the ladies, fine. Get into the game, ask him to teach you, to show you the buttons to press. And you press so the two of you will play the game together. You know, there's a whole like going out. Oh yeah, they like going out. They want to go out. They are always looking, looking for somewhere to go. So make sure that you guys are compatible when it comes to your recreation because you know it's also a dangerous thing if you are not. Satan can use that to plant a Delilah somewhere for your husband. Your husband likes watching Premiership and Champions League at the viewing center. You know? 
you like watching it that you know what happens there they'll be drinking women are around a lot of things and a lot of things can go wrong so what you might have to do is to create a viewing center inside your house instead of complaining every time you're getting that men don't like that either men don't like that either so what you need to do create the viewing center in your house so check the days they, they, they show Champions League Tuesday and Wednesday and declare pepper soup evening or suya evening tell Oga bring your friends in this house we'll watch it in this house there's pepper soup and there's suya and these are the combination that they have in the viewing center don't just prepare pepper soup and, <laughs> and suya for him alone why? men will tell you that the joy of watching football is watching it in a company of guys so uh, they will be arguing and they are shouting. They will have a banter. That is the author of the football. That is the that is what makes it interesting. So if tell him invite two of your friends or three of your friends over and cook the pepper soup. Before you know it, a guy will totally forget that there is a viewing center anywhere, and he will be running home on Tuesday and Wednesdays because he show off pepper soup. He show off, you know, because that is that is not comfortable. They sit on plastic chairs. Imagine why he sits on so sofa, AC blowing, you know, and the pepper soup well made, suya and all that. Then, view center ends. So, you also ask, tell him, tell your friends to bring their wives. So, guys are watching, the ladies are on the other side doing their normal gossip. And life is sweet, life is good, solves every issue and every problem.